is up fantasy people you are back with the true north fantasy pod i am trav as always i'm coming live from dirty laundry studios you can find me at tco14 and you can find the crew at true north ffb all of our work is at truenorthffb.com as well um i said i'm live we are on the youtube channel the tnff network and i just want to encourage anybody to go subscribe over there because the team's putting in a lot of good work we got five weekly live shows right now and i'm super proud of the boys for all the collaboration and stuff so big thanks to to the motley crew um but enough about us i am super super excited and cannot wait to start talking fantasy with my guests tonight i have got the crew well two-thirds of the crew from the dynasty trades hq podcast you can check their podcast out at dynasty trades hq on twitter and making up that crew we've got michael sipes you can find him at ff blitz mike how you doing tonight great <laughs> i want one of those openings like you i want that low voice dynasty trades hq yeah i maybe i'll record something for you guys <clears throat> that would be over. awesome yeah put a little bit of put a little bit of chopped and screwed on it or something to mess with my voice and, and send something over <laughs> that would be cool <laughs> yeah. we've also got shane the thrilla manila and you can find him <laughs> at shane is the worst i uh, cleared that with shane before i decided to <laughs> drop it because <laughs> i thought it was just so fitting how you doing tonight shane I'm good. Only thing is, um, and don't take this personally. If you do the voice thing for us, can you get rid of the Canadian accent? Um, it's, it's, oh, built in. it's, it's built in. It's the Dynasty Trades HQ yeah. board. Yeah. That's what the, that's, we're talking about football. Yeah, get your Dynasty Trades here, eh, boys? <laughs> but why does it make your voice higher? I don't know. It's like you just lay it on a little thick, right? Because they're northern. They're northern, uh-huh. and it's colder in Canada, so science... <laughs> dictates that their voices are higher yeah it's strictly strictly temperature based so um the third the third member of the podcast who couldn't make it tonight is jeremy broen you can find him at dynasty madman uh we were sorry to miss out on him but he's got some stuff going on and uh, we'll we'll get him next time for sure you guys just had your third anniversary on the pod didn't you did we um no (laughs) shane's like did we no our third anniversary actually is in two weeks we just had our uh 150th episode it's like shane likes to say we're we're like a married couple and we have all these like different anniversaries for different Mm. things (laughs) they are all fake (laughs) i said that last week man i think it was last week like we just celebrated oh we have our 150th and then they're like oh we also have our three year and i'm like no dude like when you get married like you don't have to do that (laughs) it's like you have one day the wedding day right that's all you're supposed to remember when your girlfriend boyfriend that's when you're supposed to remember like first kiss first hand yeah holding first time you banged you know (laughs) i was gonna say what's first First hand. Okay. <laughs> First hand job. You know what I mean? Like the sweet romantic stuff that you're supposed totally. to. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I don't know about you, Shane, but I still do all of that. <laughs> totally. Uh, not <laughs> so much right now. <laughs> nah, nah. Um, if you're watching, love you, sweetie. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I have yeah. my I have my 20, 28th wedding anniversary in two Congratulations, days. Congratulations, so, man. Yeah. 
That's that, beautiful. That's, <laughs> that's almost as impressive as three years of doing a podcast, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I think three years will be on uh, December 18th is when we hit. Nice. Three. Well, congratulations to you both and Jeremy for that as well. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So before we get into it here, I just want to say a word for one of our sponsors, Trophy Smack. Um, so if you want to take your fantasy league to the next level, you need Trophy Smack. They got trophies, belts, rings, loser trophies, and draft boards. You can definitely uh, make your league more than a fantasy is what they say. Um, so as part of our partnership, you can go to trophysmack.com and find the perfect trophy or belt. And with that purchase, if you use the promo code TNFF, you'll get a championship ring completely free. And that's a $60 value. It's a, a pretty sweet ring. You can flaunt it at your live drafts and kind of put it in, in your league mate's face and show them that you won. So again, that's trophysmack.com and the promo code is TNFF. We're super thankful for everyone over there for getting us set up. Uh, and uh, we're excited about that partnership. So, okay, Shane. Okay, Mike, we're going to get into this episode. It's going to be a fun one. We got a couple of segments. Stick it in your uh, face. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. Absolutely. <laughs> you also look down at your hand when you mentioned the ring. Do you have one? <laughs> I have. Well, not one of those. I was looking at oh. mine. <laughs> and uh, wishing that I had a, a mate for it over on this one that was a, a trophy smack one, but that'll be coming soon. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, all Shane heard was stick in someone's face. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, my ears up. The worst, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so a couple segments on this episode. I'm pretty excited to get into them. We're going to finish it off with a little bit of trend spotting. We, as always, have a segment of I Got Five on it with Monkey Knife Fight. And we're going to start it off with a little uh, little segment I'm calling Trust Issues. Uh, so as fantasy players, guys, we I think we it's built in for us to have trust issues, right? We overtrust, <laughs> we undertrust every single year. There's somebody that we make a call on that fails us or vice versa. Um, so we are going to talk about some players and whether we can trust them, not just through the end of this season, but more over into 2021 um, as dynasty players. Some of us are maybe out of contention or maybe we're in contention and we're still looking towards the future as we should be. Um, so we're going to talk about some of these players and, and let the people know if we can trust them going into next season. Sound good? I mean, it's your show. So. I was going to say, yeah, do we have a choice? Like if I say I no, know. I think that that's bad form. Yeah, uh, we're, we're a courteous people up here. We we like to extend that olive branch, right? Well, normally we end up taking over and talking about something totally off the show sheet anyway. So that's these are, part of why I had you guys on, man. Let's do it. The, sub, the subject matter on the show sheet is pretty much all stuff that like I'm really into right now. You know, so I'm excited. <laughs> I know well, one, I, I know one specifically. I was just gonna say, yeah, there's one on here that I figured you two guys would care more way more than I care about. Mm-hmm. I, I could just see how the one how the question's phrased that we both feel the same way about this gentleman. But <laughs> why don't we talk about this gentleman? Because it works for both of you guys with your team. I can't I can't kick it off with him. Go in order. I can't kick it off with him. I need to build slow towards oh, that. Oh man. Um or else I'm just going to get fired up off the bat and I'll be off my game. There it's a go. good teaser now because everybody's like, who the hell are they talking about? Exactly. Now people are going to stay until when we get there. Ha! <laughs> Joke's on them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So the first guy we're going to get into is Hollywood Brown. A big sigh from Shane already. Uh, he had the game against the Pittsburgh Steelers today, the rare Wednesday afternoon game. Um, obviously postponed to all of that COVID that's running amok there. So, um, yeah, Hollywood's been pretty brutal so far this season. He had a big game this week. It was actually his second best game of the season. 
or funny enough, he still does not have a wide receiver one season or one wide receiver one week. Um, and before that game, he was the wide receiver 58 on the season. I don't have what it is just yet, but um, the whole Ravens offense has kind of regressed. So Shane, I'm going to come to you straight off the bat. I see those faces. Um, what do you think has attributed to the lack of Hollywood Brown's success? Uh, Lamar. Lamar's regressed as a passer, something fierce. Um I mean, Marquise basically had a better season last year in, what, half a season? Mm -hmm. Whatever he played with uh, steel rods in his foot. Um, you know, he's never going to be a target hog. That's just that's just not who he is. He's never going to be a guy that gets 10, 13 targets. Um, so he needs the targets that he gets to actually be on point. Um, I'm just looking at his targets right now. Going into today, he only had, what, 52? Yeah, something around 50 or so. Maybe 58. Uh, actually, 58. Yeah. <laughs> Only 32 receptions. No touchdowns, really. Two touchdowns. He had, you know, he had more touchdowns last year. He's not scoring touchdowns. The Ravens obviously aren't scoring touchdowns like they were last year. Lamar Jackson isn't throwing touchdowns like he was last year. The only thing Lamar is doing almost as well as he did last year is running. He's still on pace for, well, was on pace for 1,000 yards rushing before he got the vid. Um <laughs> Even today, though, I stole that from Kevin Hart. By the way, just saw him stand up. It was fucking it, hilarious. It just sounds so so. Uh, yeah, whatever. What do you call it? I've been calling it the dirty Rona. The dirty Rona. Rona. I don't know any clean Ronas. I'm not gonna lie. No, to fair you. point. Fair yeah. point. <laughs> I guarantee um, you, Shane will call it the dirty Rona tomorrow on our show too. I like that. I might take it. And call it the dirty. Yeah, Rona. Hey, let's let's let it sweep yeah. the nation, fellas. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, I mean he's not he's not he's obviously not seen a large target share. That's never gonna happen. He's never gonna see target volume, I should say, not share. And Lamar Jackson just hasn't been as good this year. I, I mean, it's as simple as that, really. And even the the catch he had today, he was doing dog shit before that. And yeah. then that was an underthrown pass from Trace McSorley. <laughs> yeah. Uh something fierce. Like he can you know what I mean? Like that play had nothing to do with the quarterback. That was all Marquise mm -hmm. Brown. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not concerned about him. I, I you know he is he's the exact player we thought he is. He he is dependent upon his quarterback getting him the ball in catchable areas at least three to four times a game because he can break one. That's really all you need is one yeah. play from him. I know that's a scary proposition for certain players, but he's the type of player that 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 is literally all it takes every week. Um, and then, you know, he just gets you a couple other catches and 30, 40 more yards. And you're like, well, there you go. There's a wide receiver one week. But, you know, obviously we haven't seen it this year. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of that, you know, confidence in maybe putting him in your lineup is where he falls on that totem pole, right? Like if he's your wide receiver too yikes but if he's your wide receiver three or your flex then that's probably a little bit more easy to stomach right and i think you nailed it on the head about lamar's passing just to kind of highlight that uh lamar only has three touchdowns on deep passes which is hollywood's bread and butter he had 11 last year um wow. and he's only completing 30 percent of his passes on deep attempts and he had over 40 percent last year so uh you nailed it on the head there shane it's been it's been brutal Mike, I'm curious whether you think that Hollywood can bounce back, though. I think Shane kind of made his stance there that he thinks that he can bounce back to be what we thought he was, which would be a low-volume blow-up guy. What are you thinking about his chances to become maybe a wide receiver, too, going into 2021? Well, I think, first of all, what is it, T.O.'s girlfriend, number six? 
Yeah. In the chat says that he shouldn't be Hollywood anymore. It's just Marquise, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, that, that's kind of what it is. Like, like you guys said, he is what we think he is, but with, with Lamar, if Lamar's not going to get him the ball, then he's not going to get the points that you need for him. And when you say he, if he's your wide receiver too, and you said, yikes, but as a, as a flex or some of the leagues, like we've talked about on our show where you have, like, if you have a league where you can play three or four or five wide receivers, then you're not as worried about it. But I don't know that it would be much different next year than it is this year. I mean, what a lot of people said about Lamar is he had this amazing year last year, but maybe a lot of people have kind of caught up to that and everything. So if people are knowing how to defend him and how to stop him from doing some of his stuff, what's going to be different next year than would be this year. I mean, if you look at his, his stats, you know, Shane always looks up the stats when we do our show, but he only has four games out of 12 with double digits, you know, yeah. everything, all his games are seven, sevens, fours, mm -hmm. threes. So that looks like that's what he is. And I don't know what could be totally different next year that it would be much different than what is this year. I mean, yeah. you can't yeah. expect he. You, you're saying his best game was with Trace McSorley when he throws that one pass, and then RG three. That pass was so bad too. Um, yeah. But you got. I mean, if if like me, you're buying into Hollywood. Uh, sorry, I won't call him Hollywood. Bollywood. Someone called <laughs> yeah. him Bollywood in Bollywood. our chat the other day. Bollywood. Um, you're gonna just have to bank on Lamar Jackson getting better, and I think Lamar Jackson can be better than what he's shown. Especially yeah. on the, the deep balls, where, you know, where it should it should be easy when you have a strong arm and a really fast guy. I know a lot <laughs> more go, goes into it, but it almost is like, all right, just send him on a nine and I'm going to throw it deep. Like that mm -hmm. should be an easy connection. Um, I know, you know, the, the completion percentage is obviously a lot lower on deep passes, but I, I can't imagine that Lamar is going to go two years in a row looking this bad. But it's but the question really, like you say, do you think Hollywood will or Marquise will bounce back? You know, <laughs> if you're saying it, it all depends on whether Lamar does better. Then I mean, how great is this player, anyways? Then if you're saying it all depends on his quarterback, you know, uh, mm -hmm. if you look at his at his score, he had three touchdowns this year so far, right? What did he have last year? I, I don't oh, have he had seven. He had seven. In how many games, too? Like, you know what I mean? Like eight or nine, I think. Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing. Lamar, it's not that just – if he had a competent quarterback – let me rephrase it. If Lamar Jackson <laughs> was competent say. on deep attempts, I don't know okay. where he ranks um, on deep attempts, but I know it's fairly low. Um, mm -hmm. it, I don't have the rank. I just had the percentage there. But yeah, yeah. I remember reading it, and it's fairly low, like among the worst in the league. Um, if he just had a league average quarterback on deep – deep attempts, I guarantee you'd have five more points a game. Five more points a game is the difference between a guy I can really never play to a guy that at least is a flexible option. Now, if you have a good quarterback, then, you know, all bets are off. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, he's just dependent because that's that's the skill set and that's how they use him. I mean, mostly on deep attempts. He's averaging 15 yards a, a, a pass attempt. But the problem is, like, I, I'm not sure when you're talking to your audience on this show, um, is it more geared towards redraft, dynasty, uh, DFS? I mean, what is it? A little bit, a little bit of a mix of both dynasty and redraft. Like when we're right in the heat of the season, it's a little bit redraft related. Um, as we're getting towards the end of the season, we'll start doing some dynasty stuff within, but we always drop a little dynasty value here, dynasty value there. So um, we're a bit of a hybrid, let's say. 
Is that what it is? Yeah, because yeah. a lot of times when we talk about it on our show, you know, there's a lot of people that they only go based on what should happen or what we thought was going to happen or draft capital. And this guy is supposed to be great. And even after X amount of weeks of not being great, some people still hold on to it just because they mm -hmm. think that's what's supposed to happen. So you have to be able to move on from somebody. I'm not saying to move on from him, get rid of him, but you also have to be realistic and say, if this is what's going to happen, then you might have to look somewhere else in, in mm -hmm. redraft. You, I think you definitely, yeah, redraft. I would've, he would have yeah. been dropped already. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 And, so. and even in dynasty, I mean, if I have an option between, well, another guy we'll talk about a little later, but say three <laughs> weeks ago, yeah. my Don't choices, say his name. but I mean, like mm -hmm. say three weeks ago, my choices were Travis Fulgham or Marquise Brown. <laughs> I would have thrown Fulgham out there. If my mm -hmm. choices are Devonte Parker and Marquise Brown, I'm, I'm going to throw Brown out there or uh, excuse me, Parker out I was, there. I was yeah. going to say, no way. Yeah, I'll I mean, throw Parker. <laughs> Well, there's when Jacoby Myers was getting all those targets two oh weeks God. ago, I would have put Jacoby Myers over him. It doesn't mean yeah. that I'm selling him in Dynasty because I don't want to sell him at a loss. Um, it just means I'm not, I wouldn't be comfortable starting him if I had any other option. And it's so, funny when you say that too, because there's a lot of people, when you say you're not comfortable starting them, there's a lot of people that really have a problem with benching a quote unquote stud mm -hmm. or star or something, you know, and you have to do it. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't matter who they are or what their name is. You got to put them on the bench, you know, and especially if you're talking uh, redraft, we don't do too much redraft on our right. show. It's pretty much yeah. all dynasty. Um, but uh it makes a difference when you start thinking about it. And yeah, maybe in dynasty, you, you, you can hold on to them thinking, Oh, it's going to get better down the road, but sometimes it doesn't. So if mm -hmm. you have somebody in your league that really is high on them, maybe you can try to move them or something. Like me. Yeah, you could still <laughs> trade them to me. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just kind of, for me, he's just like you guys said, one of those guys you're going to have to get used to taking some stinker weeks and uh, getting those big league winning week or week winning weeks here and there from them. I think a couple of, <laughs> yeah, that was a tongue twister. Um, a couple of factors for dynasty that I have noticed and that I would like to see more of is a little bit more slot usage. Only 22% of his routes have come from the slot this year where he was at 37% last year. And Shane wow. get this six of his seven touchdowns last year came from the slot. Yeah. Um, which was tied for most in the league. And he's only got one this year. Um, but the tough part about him overcoming that is they have about 17 different guys who play in the slot. Um, and then if they think that they're going to add to that position, which they could probably stand to do, if that guy's going to be in any way significant, I think that's going to be to the detriment of Hollywood Brown, because I don't think this offense is going to support two producing wide receivers for fantasy so it's going to be an interesting offseason in baltimore after um a bit of a down year in comparison to that big 2019 you yeah, know you, need, you, you definitely need some changes you need lamar needs to improve the coaching staff clearly needs to put him back in the slot um a little more often a, a bunch of things got to change yeah i mean like you said he he you expect some stinkers out of him but you also expect some weak winning weeks Week winning week, sure. Um, you both had a problem with that sentence. <laughs> um, and he hasn't given you any of those. So yeah. all you're getting is the bad this year. So you, your next question on there was Do you think they'll add a pass catcher next year? Do we have mm -hmm. any? I mean, obviously, we don't know for sure, but like, what is their position looking like right now in the draft next year? And do they have their first round pick? You know, how mm -hmm. it, it, it's hard to know what they would be looking for at that position. 
Yeah, they have it for sure. Um, my thought would be that they would look to go the big body route just with them giving Miles Boykin a shot and Des Bryant obviously in the fold right now, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> but I'm not exactly sure where the draft pick is going to be. Actually, I did sneak another question in there on my specific show sheet and I took a page out of the oh. dynasty trades. I took a page out of your guys' playbook. I went on to the DLF trade finder and I found some trades with Hollywood and one easy one that just kind of stuck out to me. um, That was just kind of a really good gauge of his value was Hollywood Brown for a second round pick. So Shane, I'll start with you. Would you pay that? Yes. And would you, would you sell for that? No, no, I'll buy, I'll buy him for a second. I'll sell for uh, no, I'm not selling for a second. Hell no. No. For for me, for me, it's the same way. We've talked about it on the show all the time. I would much rather have a player that I could put in my lineup right now than a second round pick next year. You know, I'll worry about those picks in January, February, March, or whatever. Right now, I'd rather keep the player right now. I like how you you kind of slip that in there that you have like a secret show sheet that the guests don't get to see. You you give us one, but you have your own. (laughs) Yeah, I got tricks up my sleeve, man. I got tricks up my sleeve for you guys. I wanted (laughs) I wanted to be the host with the most for you guys tonight. (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) all right guys i think it's time for us to move on to the next guy the slow build is over (laughs) but shane already said his name though that's okay okay. this wasn't the guy i was talking about oh well oh really we got got multiple then shane um we're gonna talk a little bit of travis fulgham he (laughs) oh man um he was the wide receiver three from weeks five through eight uh awesome stretch he had he was top five in targets yards receptions all that (laughs) in the in the three games since he's only had 14 targets and four receptions for a whopping 32 yards um mike i'm gonna start with you on this one i'm gonna let shane (laughs) look i let shane load up a little bit um first off do you think travis fulgham has earned his way into being a part of their kind of retooling of this weapon group in in philly I am definitely between the three of us. I'm the least one to talk to about this. You two guys are both, you know, Shane, I don't care what you say. You're going to say it's my old team or whatever, but you, you, whether it's your team or not, you still watch it every week. You, you, you even said last week on the show that you watch it with your friends because you have to, which is yeah. Okay. Whatever. But I mean, uh, I, I don't know how you could trust really anybody on that team. You know, I thought you were going to ask me if I would trust them on my dynasty team, which no, I wouldn't. Yeah. But you, you asked me about their well, real NFL team. I, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I mean is like from a dynasty standpoint, do you think he's cemented as their wide receiver two moving into 2021? No. I no. don't. And you two guys are both Eagles fans, so you guys would know better than me. But I mean, what's to say he's just not the guy that they were using? Look, mm-hmm. this this entire year, whether people want to say it or not, there's going to be a big asterisk next to this entire year for everybody. Mm-hmm. And every week there's different players that you would have no idea would be so great. And then a couple of weeks later, they're nobody again. And right now, he's not a guy you would put in your lineup, whether it's Dynasty, DFS, Redraft, nothing. So mm-hmm. it, it's quite possible that he could be nothing again by next year, you know? Kind of uh, what? Thing, just to call hey, listen, guy. I'm not saying anything mean about him. Plus, he's not going to hear me. Plus, he won't care what I say about him. But I'm just saying. Oh, no. it, it, 
He could be okay. a big true north. Uh, yeah. Uh, what are you trying to say, Mike? <laughs> I'm saying say I'm talking about me. I'm talking about he's not going to care what I okay. have to say about him. Not about this show, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but what? I, but you you came to me first when I'm the only one here that doesn't care about the Eagles. Um, and, and so I would say no. I don't think that he's cemented himself as a guy that we could look forward to in 2021 on the Eagles roster. Now you guys might see something different because that's your mm-hmm. guys' team, but for me, no. Shane, fly at her, buddy. No, there's there's no reason to believe that he's going to be anything on this team. The, <laughs> the problem's twofold, um, or it's bicoastal, or <laughs> it's a dichotomy. Don't start that. Yeah, I was going to say, you got it. Don't go anymore. keep using words. <laughs> I use dichotomy. That, 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 that wasn't right there. But here is the dichotomy, right? So say that Doug Peterson doesn't get fired after this season. That means Travis Fulgham is going to be playing for a head coach that decided consciously, hey, this guy has been playing really well. You know what we need to do? We need to cut into a snap share because Alshon fucking Jeffrey. Oh. Back. <laughs> Fuck. Um, this is what I wanted you guys to talk about it, not me. Get that bum the fuck out of there. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. So 11, the last game, um, he only played 52% of the offensive snaps. They threw the ball. I don't even know what the talk, the, the ratio is like 57 to 12 or something. And he only had two targets. The, you know, the two weeks before that, though, he had seven and five targets, which isn't mm-hmm. bad. You know what I mean? That's enough to, to make some hay. It's just that Carson Wentz is absolutely atrocious this year. The line is atrocious. <laughs> so anyway, my, my point is, is his snaps are, de- he's definitely losing snaps to Alshon Jeffrey, which is just mind boggling because he's a free agent after this year. He's out of shape and he wasn't very good when he wasn't out of shape. Two You're years talking ago. about Alshon. Alshon. Yeah, Alshon. Yeah. Um, so if Doug comes back, that means Travis is still tied to the same coach. That, that's that's what he thought of you. You're not mm-hmm. as good as Alshon Jeffrey, despite all these other things that we've seen. Despite us seeing those four or five games, that stretch, it was better than any stretch Alshon had in Philadelphia. Any receiver in Philly for ages, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> so say Doug Peterson does get fired. Well, there's no reason to. You know what I mean? Again, there's there's no there's no currency with the, a new coaching staff, mm-hmm. um, and you are counting on you know even if everything stays the same, you're counting on Carson Wentz has to get better, right? The offensive line has to get better, mm-hmm. um, and there's nothing to indicate that the Eagles the Eagles right now have a top six pick. Yep. Um, they for all we know they could draft one of these monster wide receivers because they keep missing. You know what I mean? And I'm not mm-hmm. saying Rager's a miss because I. I think he looks good and everything again is on Wentz, but you know, they missed on JJ Arcega Whiteside, um, taking him instead of DK Metcalf. So now they're still mm-hmm. searching for their DK Metcalf. I mean, they might have to get them in the, the next draft with a top seven pick. Mm-hmm. Did you hear them say that during the game? Cause they said that during the Eagles game. Oh, I'm no, sure they did. Every yeah, every yeah. game that the Eagles no. ever play Seattle is going to be uh-huh. yeah. you're going to talk about DK Metcalf. No, but yeah, but they even said it, they said it with kind of a chuckle in their voice by saying, "Oh, and they drafted JJ." You, know well, you, you want to know why DK Metcalf has more receiving yards against the Eagles than JJ <laughs> Arcega Whiteside has for the Eagles in his career? Yeah. He plays for the fucking team. He played twenty <laughs> something games. DK Metcalf's played what three games against him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he has more receiving yards in in those three games than JJ Arcega Whiteside has in his career. Mm-hmm. You I, know, go ahead, Mike. On our 
on our show, Shane used to always worship Carson Wentz, and he used to always say how great he is. And and you know, hearing you say that just now that he's not, at, <laughs> you said he's trash. Uh, he's terrible. He's terrible. Right it's now. bad. It's bad. Yeah, you can't look. He, he's not the same guy he was last year. Even um, last year, he dragged a, a non-playoff, non. He dragged the worst offensive skill set team into the playoffs. Yeah. You know, these last two or three games, he's had Volgum, he's had Rager, he's had Goddard back. He's even had Alshon, whatever. He sucks, but you like him fine. He's your blankie. Like, he's had a full complement of weapons. Not you. Yeah. I'm saying him. I was going to say. The, yeah. best, the best he's had in, a, in probably since he's been there, I think. Right. And, yeah, the line's bad, but there's things that he's doing that have – maybe it's caused – He's got ghosts in his head now because yeah, he's getting beat up so much. <laughs> but there's mistakes that he's making. Um, yeah. It's so terrible. That, yeah. And I, I'm a little concerned because he looks fucking just broken in the head. For sure, man. And that's what I'm thinking too. Like I've been the same, Shane. Like I've been a Wentz backer. I've said, you know, the guy's got all the talent in the world. We saw MVP out of this uh, MVP play out of this guy. Um, I think that talent is still there, but I think it's up here. It's all up yeah. here. And I think a part of it is he's shell-shocked because he's not used to playing with a bad offensive line. And he doesn't know how to overcome that, which sucks because the guy's got a fucking skill set that can overcome a bad offensive line if they would just roll him out a little bit more and kind of get him in space, you know? Like, Doug is fucking up. I mean, um, the head coaching offensive play calling is not helping even a little bit when, you know, look, I'm a guy that, that believes in pass over the run, except mm-hmm. when it's not working. The Eagles have one of the worst passing offenses in the league. They're averaging less than five yards a fucking attempt, and they still throw the ball at 65% clip. Yeah. They're averaging over five yards. Like, they have one of the best per, you know, per rush attempts, uh, rushing offenses in the league. And they're just like, nah, Miles, yeah. six six carries. That's yeah, enough. here's six and five carries for you, Miles. Yeah, but not what even did a five hundred yard wide receiver last year. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> what did you say their pick is? You said they have a high. Pick right now they're year. six, with so, a very good chance of getting in the top four. Okay, so you guys said that that it why he's so horrible is because of his offensive line. Yeah, if he has that top pick. Why do you think that they'll take a wide receiver over some kind of help on the offensive line? I'd prefer offensive line yeah, that's than get a receiver in the second. Yeah. I think they, it's just way more of a need. They just took Jalen Rager. Right. I personally think that Travis Fulgham has shown enough to get a shot. Now, like you guys said, whether he gets that is a different story. I do think that he needs Doug Peter Peterson to stay, like Shane said. Um, but yeah, it's uh, they got to go offensive line because it, they're so old. They're yeah. trying to fucking rugby players at left tackle. And, <laughs> and, and by the way, the rugby player, <laughs> he's like the best the, one. He's been the best <laughs> offensive lineman this year. But so, but then that's the case. Then that that could change everything. Then if you're saying that that's the direction they go, and say they don't go with a wide receiver, if you come out of that draft next year where they don't go with a wide receiver in those top couple of rounds, then maybe he does have the opportunity to be that number two guy going into next year if they don't do anything else. Yeah, it's just like I said. My concerns were the fact that Peterson who is likely to be the head coach next year. It's not guaranteed, but probably 60, 40 at this point, assuming yeah. they don't just lose out. You know, if he brings them back, it's, this is the same coach that thought Alshon Jeffrey is a better option to be out on the field than you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when you hear him in his press conferences talking, I mean, he says a lot of stupid shit, but <laughs> you know, he talks about how they need to get Alshon inter- integrated into the offense more. And you're just like, what the 
fuck are you talking about, yeah. jackass? Yeah. Look, I like uh, Travis Fulgham looked really good. I wrote an article, uh, you know, I write flipper stick for DLF, and he was one of the guys I, I covered. And it wasn't about him; it was about the situation. Just that I, he's not someone that I think is going to be a long term solution there. What 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 week was that that you wrote that article? It was after his second really really big week. So he yeah, had the thirteen point week, then a thirty five point week, and then I think he had another twenty point week. And I wrote and I said trade him. And I <laughs> I even said, look, Alshon's coming back. Alshon sucks, but Carson Wentz fucking loves Alshon Jeffrey. It's like a, yeah. a terrible relationship where someone's really mean to you and runs to the media behind your back and. Puts all these quotes out, but for some reason you still target them. Have a little self-respect, Doug. Have a little self-respect. <laughs> um, yeah. So, guys, in a perfect world for Travis Fulgham, he comes back next year. He is across the field from Jalen Rager. They got Ertz and Goddard both in there. Miles Sanders is humming along, and they add an offensive lineman in the first round. If Travis Fulgham is starting there, would you say, like, what kind of ceiling do you think he has with a full season if he does end up getting that? Is he... Could he be a potential wide receiver two in this offense? Or are we thinking like wide receiver three with some strong stretches like what we've seen this year? Are you talking about for the Eagles for, for NFL? Or are you talking about on your dynasty team? On your dynasty team. Two? So next year, if he's uh, on your dynasty team, you got him dirt cheap. Um, so is he somebody who you, you know, if he gets that job and gets a piece of this passing pie, um, is he going to produce much numbers? Or do you think it's regardless if he gets that job, we should probably be cutting bait anyway? Uh, I don't know. I don't know about cutting bait, man. I don't know that I would go out and get him. Like you said, if you've got him dirt cheap, maybe he's a guy you keep on your roster or you try to trade him when he does have that big week. Kind of like Shane said when he wrote that article yeah. a couple weeks ago when he had the big week, Shane said, you know, Get rid of him now before he he dies down. You you have a lot of ifs in that sentence yeah, <laughs> to make him worth something next year. You know, yeah. I mean, at this point, you're just going to hold him on dy your dynasty roster. You missed your sell window if you were looking to sell him, um, and you have to basically hope that most of those ifs came true. Even if they had <laughs> another wide receiver, that's fine. He can start on the outside, you know, with Rager on the other side, and they could put a real wide receiver in the slot. No offense to Greg <laughs> Ward, who's a very good role player mm -hmm. um but yeah you need the line to get right and i mean more importantly you need carson wentz to get his head and uh get his head right because it's not going to matter if he's still out there missing guys um ankle ball and guys like you know he's not even close in a lot of throws um mm -hmm. so they need to send him to a sports psychologist or something so as an eagles fan for both of you guys you believe the only problem he has is mental you think it's no, all mental in his no, head? Well, you no. both said it. You both well, said no, 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 but that, that's a big part of it. I mean, the offensive yeah. line is terrible. The play calling is terrible. But these are things he you can overcome. We, we've seen other players, and if you're a star player, you have to overcome it. You know what I mean? For years, Aaron Rodgers overcame Mike McCarthy's play calling. <laughs> um, Deshaun Watson yeah. overcame Houston's terrible offensive line. I mean, up until this year, it was – usually one of the worst you know what i mean it's just you got to do that if you're a superstar quarterback and wentz yeah. to his credit up until this year was able to overcome a lack yeah. of weapons and even when the offensive i know the offensive line used to get a lot of credit but a lot of the sets that they didn't give up were because of him 
yeah. where this year, at least 10 to 20% of the sacks that they are giving up are because of him. So it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny too. Like I say that it's mainly in his head because if you watch him, like he's not looking like a leader, mm. he, his body language is garbage. And anytime they turn the ball over, or if they miss on a third down, you'll see him. He's standing there looking for a flag or he's not like just putting his head down and getting off the field and taking the L on it. He's sitting there looking for a flag, like a big baby or something like that. He needs to, <laughs> he needs to just like suck it up realize he's going to make mistakes and get the team ready to go instead of pouting about it and trying to get a flag from the refs. So that's kind of why I say the main part is upstairs, not to mention the guy never lets a freaking play die. Like just take a sack or throw the ball yeah. out of bounds, man. Just throw it out of bounds, please. That's something he's got to work on too. So um, it's, it's going to be an interesting off season for the Eagles as well. Like I said, for the Ravens, because they got some work to do. Yeah. Do we, do either of you guys care about Hertz? care him like what way like as a human being i'm sure he's a lovely man listen um, you, you keep turning it around that i'm being mean to these guys on a personal <laughs> level uh, i have no nothing against any of them but i just mean like even the fact that they put him in he's for a terrible. couple plays he's terrible yeah. not ready he's not, not ready to be a quarterback you know he can he's run not, he's not good he could run RPOs with Miles Sanders pretty well. Mm -hmm. but from a fantasy standpoint, there is no receiver that's going to be relevant, I think. Okay. <clears throat> I just don't think he's ready to command the offense like that. Um, I didn't like the draft pick myself, but it is what it is at this point. So, yeah. I mean, it would be sweet if he showed some of that because then they have one of them as a trade chip, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, but I'm not sure if they're going to be able to showcase Jalen Hurts enough to be able to get good value out of him, you know? So that was a weird one for me. Yeah, I don't like these teams that are like putting these quarterbacks in for a couple plays here and there, like taking the starter out and sticking them in. It, it seems like there's like three or four teams this year that are doing that on a regular basis. And that yeah. kind of said that seems to me that it hurts the guy that's out there already. So, and if you guys yeah. already have all these problems with Wentz, if they're going to keep sticking hurts in every once in a while, it's not going to help him get any better, you know? No. And if you saw the broadcast, Jalen Hurts comes in for that one play, and I the did. broadcasters are going, they're going, oh, he's in there. They've benched Carson Wentz. Jalen Hurts yep. comes in for one play, and then yeah. they bring Carson Wentz back in. And I, at that point, I'm like, if you're going to pull the guy, just pull the guy and let Jalen Hurts give it a shot. Like, not that I want that to happen because right. I don't think he's ready. But at the same time, like, stop fucking around and just make a choice, you know? Yeah. Give the guy, I mean, I'm fine with, you know, if you want to give once a week off, give him a week off. It's fine. But it does seem, it does seem though, that, that some of these teams want to do stuff like that. Want to mm -hmm. stick that guy in there for a couple plays. Jacoby Brissett did it with the Colts. And we all know that Taysom Hill has been doing it for Breeze. You Brissett's know. Uh, yeah, percent. Yeah, I mean, percent. At least it makes sense. It's on the plays that they're gonna, they're gonna. It's gonna be a draw up the middle. Yeah, where Phil Rivers is fucking slow, not athletic, and 107. So he could literally die. <laughs> but so, it could, I get it that. could make sense. Yeah, but if if other teams start following this same formula where they're sticking these guys in all the time, it, it, it ends up stopping the momentum of these guys. What, no, they don't think it? No, I mean, if you have a good offense, there's no reason to do shit like that, to be honest with Unless you. Unless you're Sean Payton. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah. yeah well, you're your guys did it. How many times did Hurts come in this weekend? Twice. I, I, two yeah, I was going to say, I only remember yeah. two. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So not a whole lot, not Taysom levels for sure, which I'm kind of thankful Ugh. for. Um, all right, guys, I'm going to get us into the next player here. Um, <laughs> talking about whether this is somebody that we can trust. And I think this is a guy that we can probably trust 
to a degree. Um, we've just got to kind of set our expectations here, and that would be Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Um, on the season in PPR, he's the running back 12. Um, what do you think, Shane, about his performance so far versus the expectation coming into the season for Clyde? Yeah, so yeah, definitely couch it around that. Uh, that <laughs> the expectations were he would be a top five running back yeah. where he was drafted in Dynasty. Um, so when people are out there saying, well, he's having a fine season, he's an RB2. No, he's not the RB2. He's an ARB2. He's mm-hmm. had three good games, right? Yeah, he's had double-digit scoring weeks most of the weeks, right? But not like – it's like 10 points, 11 points, 12 points. Like, yeah, that's double-digit. That's usually not going to win you a week. Though. That'll keep you close enough to lose by enough to say, oh, if I would have just had five more points from every player on my roster, I would have won. <laughs> we expected him to be in contention to be the running back one this season. That's why you draft – that's why – no, I'm, I'm saying as a community. That's why he was the top totally. five running back in Dynasty. You don't draft someone that high and then go, yeah, I'm happy with a RB2. So I, I think he's severely disappointed. I mean, he hasn't seen the targets that we thought he was going to see. Really, that's where I thought he was going to make his bones because he was excellent. LSU as a receiver, 55 receptions last year. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I penciled in him for 100 targets this year. Um, I penciled him in for almost 100 re- receptions a year going forward. Now I don't know. I don't see it. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know why. I'm talking to Travis. I'm picking up a Canadian accent. Um, yeah. I'm not I'm not <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'm not we'll, sure. we'll see if it continues on tomorrow. Yeah. I'm not sure why, um, but no, he's he's underwhelmed me from based off what the expectation was. Now, if he was undrafted like James Robinson, I'd say he's having a great year. But that wasn't. Yeah. That's not. We paid top five or rookie one hundred and one picks for this guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's perfect that you say that because that'll go towards my answer for you, Trav. Uh, I've talked about it on our show a couple times. Even I think two weeks ago we talked about it. CEH, he was not considered by any of us the number one running back in this draft. Nobody had him as the number one running back. And then this was a a messed up year. We didn't get to have a live draft where people were going to be in Vegas and have a good time and everything. So we're all watching this at home. And when he got picked as the very first running back in the draft, most people were like, what? I mean, if you mm-hmm. saw everybody's reaction, how could he be the first guy? Blah, blah, blah. Like so many people said that at the time. But then as the weeks went on after that, he became the number one guy. Everybody's like, oh, you got to take him. You got to take him. So it was kind of like that snowball effect based on what happened at the draft. Because mm-hmm. if you look at everything before the draft, nobody had him up there. So if you went into the season expecting him to be the best running back and to be your, you know, your Saquon Barkley or whatever, your Todd Gurley's from those years where they were the number one guys, the the people that expected that are definitely not happy or not thankful that they used him as their 1.01. And then mm-hmm. there was a lot of people that realized that he wasn't your 1.01 before. So if you went that direction, you know, then you're going to get disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the problem is, and we've talked about it on our show a million times with running backs, you can end up going into week 12, 13, 14, starting the Gio Bernard and uh, you know, all the backup guys that you would never care about. Mm-hmm. And this year with COVID, we were doing that in week three and week four, you know? <laughs> so, so with, with somebody like him, uh, you have to expect that this is what was going to happen. 
the these rookies did not have a rookie camp. These rookies did not get to do all this stuff um, uh, before the season started. So he was never considered this blue chip running back that would be able to step in and be this great guy without having all that extra time in there. So mm-hmm. maybe by next year he can be better and do some things better after having a year under his belt. But I don't see how you could have gone into this point thinking that he was going to win you your league. For sure. For sure. And that kind of leads me into my next question, but just real quick, like just to talk about that expectation before I get into it is one thing that I was thinking and, and looking into it in the off season. And then there was that big Jonathan Taylor versus Clyde Edwards Hilaire debate after the, after they got drafted. And I looked into it a little bit and Andy Reid actually hadn't had a 100 target running back since Jamal Charles in Kansas city. Um, and the highest total was Kareem hunts running back one year at 63 targets. So that was something I wasn't necessarily looking for. I did think that he was going to be more efficient though. We all, we've obviously heard about his struggles at the goal line, um, punching those in. I think he's got eight carries and only one touchdown on carries inside the five. So that definitely needs to go up and I'm, I'm not going to compare him to david montgomery but he has suffered from a lack of explosive plays too he's making people miss but he's only got a 10 percent explosive play rate on sharpfootball.com which is um 10 of his plays are over 10 yards um and that's like outside the top 40 for running backs with 75 touches or more so um i was expecting more efficiency because that chief's offense it looks like you're gonna have tons of space open for him that he can run a mock and get you know even the 70 75 targets will be super super fruitful but we haven't necessarily seen that so um to your point though mike you said that um maybe we'll see him flourish into that in the future in a full off season and whatnot and so i wanted to ask you guys if you think this is ever going to be fully his job go ahead shane one important note: We don't have yeah. a Thursday football game this week, do we? We do not. We There's do no not. game tomorrow. I don't need no. to set these lineups. It was the Ravens. <laughs> it was the Ravens. That's right. Yeah, oh, the Ravens were supposed Tuesday. Ravens. Yeah, the Ravens in Dallas, right? Yeah, it's moved to Tuesday. To Thursday, oh. for sure. And make sure you check your waivers tonight, though, because a lot of platforms set their waivers to run on Wednesday night. So after the pod, anybody listening, um, go check waivers. One thing with Sleeper, though, is Sleeper left it up to commissioners. So if you are playing on Sleeper, they probably ran last night, and you're probably fine. Um, so I, uh, yeah, so a little behind this show magic. I took a nap before the show because I'm old. Um, oh, so such magic! I was asleep for like two hours. I woke up at like nine thirty, and uh, I checked my emails, and I got every goddamn waiver alert, and then every league result at the same time for the first time. It was like nine hundred and eight emails. I'm like, what the fuck yeah. am I supposed to do here? the problem the problem with a lot of like when you were saying about waivers running through at least in we have five listener leagues for our show and and then a couple of the other leagues that i commission so i do all those i have all of our waivers run on wednesday at nine o'clock at night so we were already okay even with the game that was going on today but i i know some of the leagues that i was in that had waivers on tuesday did end up having to wait and mfl forced it to wait they wait they forced it to do two hours after game time um but i'm glad you just said that because now i'm remembering because since we did this show at 10 like shane says behind the scenes shane and i are on east coast so 10 o'clock is it's late for us that's why shane's taking a nap um (laughs) so now i'm gonna have to go back and look into all of our leagues and see what happened with the waiver requests and everything Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it is uh (laughs) just a microcosm of how crazy 2020 has been for fantasy football it's so crazy it just dawned on me now as i'm setting lineups i'm like oh i gotta get these (laughs) 
get these nailed down before tomorrow. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. I just I, no football game. I want to say too, Trap, this is perfect for, for you that when we do our show, this is the kind of stuff that happens where Shane, Jeremy and I will be talking. And then all of a sudden Shane will go, what? Uh, oh, sorry. I was doing something else, which apparently <laughs> is what he was doing just now. When I was talking about CEH, he was setting. His no, no, no. I was listening to all your points. You made some very uh, cognizant arguments. <laughs> cognizant argument so Listen, mike, three years in i'm used to it it's fine that's awesome that is awesome so mike do you think this is going to be clyde's job going forward we've seen Le'Veon bell come in obviously daryl williams is getting some snaps like do they just want a running mate there going into the future like if we're looking into 2021 are they probably going to add somebody I think they all do. I think all of the teams, they yeah. all want that, that committee of running back, whether we like that or not, it just seems to way that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and we talk about it a lot about, like I said, in week 12, 13, 14, having those backups, but a lot of these teams have them now, even like Kamara, you know, Kamara is amazing. And then Murray's out there and he's playing at the same time. And then now with Taysom, he like kills Kamara or whatever. I hate that whole situation. But mm-hmm. I don't think any of these teams really care about having one guy. And me personally, I don't know that CEH is good enough to be the one guy on a team. I think that they will use him and they will use other people. Like you said, they brought in um, Le'Veon Bell, which mm-hmm. that hasn't really shown up to be that great of an, a situation. But I think every team is that way. They're all going to have two or three guys and they're all going to rotate them. You know, sure. and the moment one of them get hurt, then the next guy's going to come up like Shane. Shane's been sitting around with Josh Adams on his roster, waiting for the moment that he can start him in his lineup. Waiting. <laughs> I was listening to that. I was listening to that episode in the car and I was just losing my shit. I'd love to bring that up with Shane. Still waiting. <laughs> it sounded like it. Yeah. <laughs> That was awesome. Um, hey, I had that. I had that belief in Josh Adams too, Shane. <laughs> no, but the the greatest point of that whole thing, and regardless, I'm sorry, but the reason it's so funny and why we mention it all the time is because Shane put all his money in one of our leagues on it, but he didn't read the news because he's got like 50 fucking leagues. And he didn't read the news like two hours before that Josh Adams had been put back down to the taxi squad. So Shane had bought him and he was all happy. And then I said, you know, he's back at the taxi squad. And he's like, what? No, I didn't know that, you know? And that's why it was so funny. (laughs) And Shane will never hear the end of that one. (laughs) Well, luckily Mike is old, so he won't remember for much longer. Exactly. As long as it comes up, I'll remember a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. So I'm going to get us into the next player here. um, And that is (laughs) just keep keeping us rolling. Uh, The, uh, the hotness from week, week 12. um, Well, one of the hotnesses, not the main one, because Tyreek Hill went off. Um, but Ronald Jones had another big game. Mm. Um, often in and out of Bruce Arians' doghouse drops, um, little fumbles here and there, but he's a running back 10 on the season. Um, it's interesting because Bruce Arians tends to do that to guys. He'll just yank them regardless. Um, do you think, let's start with you, Mike. Let's. Do you think Ronald Jones has kind of built that trust or is that something that even exists for Bruce Arians underneath that Kangol hat? Well, listening to our show, 
people would know I, I living here in South Florida, I'm a Dolphins fan my entire life, but I also like the Bucks because Mike Evans is one of my favorite players. Right. And then with Brady going there, it's the first time in 20 years I get to root for Brady when I never got the chance to do before. So I go to the Bucks game sometimes and I, and I enjoy watching their team. Um, I didn't really have a lot of expectations for Ronald Jones going mm-hmm. into the season based was happening and then i had leonard fournette in a lot of places and leonard fournette ended up showing up there ronald jones did okay then fournette did amazing and then he disappeared again and then ronald jones did uh, did well it goes back to what i said before i think all these teams have multiple guys Mm -hmm. so i think ronald jones is good when he gets the opportunity to be the guy there but i don't think he is a guy that they're only going to count on so if you're talking about 2021 and everything like that to think that he's going to be a top running back he may or may not have those good games left or right but i i'm happy with having him in my starting lineup if that's the closest thing I could say to being happy to having him on my team. Mm-hmm. What about you, Shane? Are you, are you starting to trust Ronald Jones as I trust, like a strong running back too? I trust Ronald Jones just fine. I love Ronald Jones since last year. Um, I hate Bruce Arians cause he's a fucking dick face. <laughs> doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Like Leonard Fournette goes out there and drops like 13 passes in a row. And he's like, no, no, no. Keep sending him out there because he's our, he's our two minute back. Like what? You want the guy with no agility as your receiving back. Like I know Jones drops one here and there. He's had a, a few, not a ton of fumbles. It's not like he fumbles all the time. He, he's missed what? Like I haven't heard him miss any bl- uh, pick, blitz pickups this year. Mm-hmm. Like because trust me, we would have heard it from Arians because he fucking airs him out after every game. Like oh, I took him out because he's a fucking moron. Um, <laughs> basically so uh i love ronald jones i think he's he's a guy that uh, look you, you got him for what maybe a late second this year mm-hmm. and you could run him out there in eight of 12 weeks he's giving you double digit scoring points in fantasy and a couple of those weeks he gave you 20 plus points yeah um that that's great price um and even next year i mean i assume leonard fournette's going to move on it's not like Keyshawn Vaughn's shown any reason to believe that he's ever going to be no. any good at football. 100%. And he, right. And even if he is, he he comes in and he'll take some of the work that Leonard Fournette took. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So even though Arians doesn't want to use Jones, I think every once in a while he's like, oh, I have to use the guy that's actually good at this position. <laughs> so I will. And then but- Jones is a free agent after next year. And then he yeah. would go somewhere and be a, a uh, running back one in the league. That's right. I say they running back. No one. way. He and is he, right now. Yeah. Wait a second. No, no, he's no, only, he's only in two years. How old? Be 25 years old. So you're saying, young. you're saying in two years, he's going to leave the box mm. and become a running back one on somebody else's team. Yeah. He'll find a coach. That's not an asshole that doesn't have a personal <laughs> vendetta against him. Um, that doesn't wear <laughs> candles. Like, like he's a 1990s rapper. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. I thought when you asked the question, I, if you're talking about now, sure, I trust him in my starting lineup all the time. I thought you were talking about going on into the future, whether well, you think true. that he will be a, a number one guy going on in the future. And I still stand behind the fact that I don't think any of these guys. So the the combination of all these guys, um, 
stops that. But Shane, you said something that a lot of people don't really think about. You said, yeah, but if Bruce Arians wasn't an asshole or whatever, mm -hmm. you have to, you have to take into consideration the situation they're in. So whether you think they may or may not be the greatest ever, if they're in a situation where you believe that their quarterbacks, their coach is an asshole, then that's something you have to take yeah, into consideration when it comes to fantasy. That's fine. Right. He's the RB 10 on the season in the worst possible situation. Right. So, so, it, so yes. it literally it, short of Bruce Arians just being like, yeah, we're going to we're not going to activate the kid. The situation's not going to get worse. Yeah. But right now. So, yes, you're fine putting him in your starting lineup, which we all should be fine putting him in starting lineup. But if you're talking about next year, you, you believe that he's still going to be an RB one next year with that team. I don't see a reason he shouldn't be. I can't imagine they're going to put more running, uh, more draft capital in the running back position again. Um, is, is Leonard Fournette still with them next year? He's or a, was he's a free agent. He's, he's a free, a free agent. agent. Yeah. And really, oh, he yeah. hasn't done anything to show. I mean, no, I know yet. I see. he hasn't done shit to show why they should bring him back, to be quite honest. No, really hasn't. He had a couple good weeks and then he disappeared. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As a receiver, yeah. And I think. For me, running back one next year is probably a little bit strong. Obviously, we're seeing right now he has that upside if he can produce. Um, but I think you can probably get him for or you probably want him as a mid running back, too. Um, and I think he should safely produce that if he comes back into this situation, just like Shane said. Um, the guy's top 15 in running back targets still, which was wild when I looked it up. Yeah. He's getting them, and he's like even back to last year, Shane. He was producing on those targets mm -hmm. that he was getting. Like, sure, he's gonna make some drops. Drops don't mean fuck all to me for fantasy. It doesn't matter. Like, that's one less opportunity, sure, but it's not like taking points away from him from a st fantasy standpoint. So they don't bother me too much. Aside from actually, it's funny that I say that because in a situation with Bruce Arians, that's one of the coaches that might just Yankee Doodle his ass because he's having drops. But I think. He's in a situation where that's his best option, so he's going to have to use him regardless of those drops. And and like Shane, I don't think they're going to invest heavily at that position because they want to they want to maximize that Tom Brady window, and they're going to have to make sure they got Chris Godwin coming up to be signed, um, and they want to keep that defense strong too. So uh, I think Ronald Jones is it for them. But but if you're going to go based on the whole situation where by this time you're looking at the the Gio Bernards and the the Kalen Balage and all those guys that you're starting in your starting lineup this week. You don't want to invest too much in him though. So if you're talking about that, you believe that's what he is. What are, what are you two guys worth willing to pay for him? Like to pay for him now and to pay for him in the off season. What are you guys willing to buy? Bam. I bet. Yeah. I get him for a second round rookie pick. Yeah, well, you I, might, I, you I, might I, think I, you could get him for that, but what are you willing to pay for him? I just told you that's what I'm willing to pay for. Him. That's probably what I'd go to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe like a younger piece that hasn't like emerged yet. So like, say somebody has belief in one of these later round receivers, like yeah. maybe not the best example, but like a Devin Duvernay, like that type of like draft capital who hasn't emerged or done anything yet. Henry um, Ruggs. You want Henry yeah. Ruggs? You can have Henry Ruggs. I don't think See, I'm adding Henry Ruggs to to Ronald Jones to to a second for Ronald Jones. I think I'm keeping the uh, pick. not to a second. I was talking straight up. I straight thought up. you were talking third, straight up too. That's I'd what yeah. I'll give you like a, yeah, I'll give you a third and 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 uh, what's his face? Yeah, Henry I Ruggs. Do that. 
I would give any of those late uh, wide receivers. I don't care about the draft capital. I would give any of those guys for Ronald Jones. I I like Ronald Jones. I was just talking about what you thought about for the future. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't care about the potential that some wide receiver might have if he didn't do anything this year, you know? Totally. Totally. Yeah. So those are the kind of guys you can kind of add to that pick to put it over the edge for somebody, but not to the detriment of your dynasty roster. Um, So my next question guys was to talk about whether we think that we'll be able to confidently draft him as a running back too. Um, And it seems like we're, we're fairly confident in that. Um, Shane, I know you are and I am, and and it sounds like Mike is as well. I'm going to keep the train rolling fellas. We're at an hour and I understand that it's a little bit late for you guys. So we'll keep (laughs) it pumping. Um, And I appreciate you guys coming on so late and uh, jamming with me. Uh, the next guy we're going to talk about is Robert Tunyon, uh, tight end eight so far this season. Got Aaron Rodgers, and that offense is just humming. Um, some people would attribute his success to the wide receiver injuries. Um, but I wonder, guys, like with the tight end landscape being so dumpy and him per- performing really, really well, Shane, we'll start with you this time. Um, do you think he's going to be one of those Tyler Higby styles where he gets overdrafted a little bit just because of this? Um, yes. Or do you, yeah. Do you think he's here to stay as a producing tight end, though? No, as well as that? Yeah. no. And I mean, this might be take lock. Cause he's another guy I looked at at flipper stick. Um, you know, basically I just kept looking at guys that were, uh, low pedigree. That's mm-hmm. not the word I want to use, but you know what I mean? Like unheralded, yeah. unheralded, whatever that word is. Yeah. Those guys. Um, and he was a guy that I said, you know, sell, I don't, he did a lot of his damage when Alan Lazard wasn't there. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I know he, he had a good game this past week too, because he had a long touchdown. Um, but it, it feels like that's Devontae Adams, uh, Alan Lazard. And if they were to ever add another pass catcher, I think it would just crowd out yeah. Robert Tanyan. And they still like Jay Sternberger. I mean, I know it's easier to bag on the kid. It's his second year. He's a tight end. We know it takes some tight ends some time. Yeah. Um, they did him, what, in the second round? So it's mm-hmm. not like they're just going to phase him out. You know, he's probably got at least another year there before they're like, all right, well, maybe he's not what we thought. Um, I mean, Tanya was what, an undrafted free agent, right? I believe so. Yeah. 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 He's, I mean, and not to just label guys that are UDFAs as like bad football players, but there's a reason he was a UDFA. Yeah. Um, he's had a great year. I mean, if you held on to him, you, yeah. you can't be mad. You, you know, you did, you did really well. You picked him up off waivers and we, three or whatever week two or right after they said that he was the starter in the preseason and you got some utility out of him. So good for you, but I don't, I don't see it being a long-term solution now. Mm-hmm. I liked what you said there about them potentially adding somebody um, because you talked about Lazard being there um, in games where Lazard or Marquez Valdez Scantling have gotten 10 or more PPR points, Robert Tunyon averages three less PPR points himself. So basically it's, it's directly tied to that secondary wide receiver and whether they're producing. And I think we've seen that one of those guys is going to produce from week to week. We don't necessarily know who it is when they're both healthy, but there is going to be a second wide receiver who usually gets some points. Um, so I think to your point, Shane, if they do add somebody, which their fan base is going to be starving for in the draft at the wide receiver position, uh, I think it's going to be pretty rough for Tunyon to repeat this, you know, like top eight performance. I think he could be back at, back in top 12. Um, but Mike, what are you thinking? Is Tunyon here to stay moving into next season and beyond as a starting tight end and, and somebody who's producing for fantasy rosters? 
I kind of agree. I, I had to step out for a second, but I have these, so I heard everything you guys no said. Threat, um, and uh, I, I think he's one of those guys that, like Shane said, if you got him in the uh, – I think it was the preseason, Shane. Some places mm-hmm. maybe in redraft it was yeah. first or second week. But I think at Dynasty, people heard in the preseason that he was going to be the guy there in Green Bay. Yeah. But really, if you don't have the Kelsey, Kittle – Waller, Andrews, you know, uh, for a while, uh, I'm blanking out. You guys are both the Eagles guys, but uh, Ertz Ertz was like up there too. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have those top guys, I think all of these guys seem to be interchangeable every week. You could stream a bunch of these guys tight ends. So Mm -hmm. I don't see where Tanyan has done anything or that team has done anything to show that he's going to be a guy that you want to, plant your flag on as being your tight end going forward. You you can have him on your team to stick him in some lineups and stuff, but I, I don't think he's somebody that you would set it and forget it as a tight end. Here's yeah. the thing. So looking at the, the scoring on the season, I guarantee you he's got, he's probably after Kelsey and Waller um, probably has the most tight end one weeks. That's just off the top of my head, just because he's had, he's had a few real dud weeks, but he's also had, several weeks where he he's really right. produced and i'm but, fine look I, I i'm not a guy that really believes in him but i was fine running him out there if he's on yeah. my roster at tight end and not even thinking about it to be honest so so you do think you do think in 2021 he no. would be a set it and forget it no. tight end no not oh, in 2021 well, that's I'm what i thought we're this. talking about no, no, yeah yeah but i'm just saying for this year he, well, he's, he's been really consistent and really good consistent sure, for, consistency is a myth but he's been consistent as you can be in fantasy football but yeah, no, and, next year I'm I'm already out on him. But that was the question that Trav asked me. I mean, for this year, sure. <laughs> for the for this year, we've already said it. Everybody has a fucking asterisk next to their name. It's it's just it's it's just so crazy this year. But he had asked, "Do I think that he is the guy going forward in Green Bay?" And I, my answer was what I said. I do, I don't believe that he's a guy that you could be confident going on next year and the year after that he would be the guy that you could put in your lineup all the time and you should definitely have him on your roster. This mm-hmm. year, of course. This mm-hmm. year, people are scrounging to put anybody in their starting lineup. So anybody that's producing is a set in and forget it, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to Shane's point, five tight end one weeks on the season for Tunyon, which is incredible for a tight end, especially one who is unheralded, right? So I'm kind of... I'm kind of in that boat too, where I don't think he's going to be reliable next season. I think he probably is the starting tight end for the Green Bay Packers, but I think they're probably going to add a weapon or try to get one of those other guys to further progress. And so I think that's probably going to be to Tunyon's detriment. Um, So I think, uh, you know, if we're drafting him or if we're buying him at top eight, top eight tight end prices i think we're going to be a little bit uh, a little bit disappointed with that but um you know if you're if you got a deep dynasty roster that doesn't have any stud tight ends and i call it street streaming from within because you have a right. couple of these mid-tier guys he could be value be valuable in a spot like that like i've got a roster with him and johnny smith on it um yeah. and i popped him in over johnny this week um and it paid off huge for me because johnny put up a gooser so um it's kind of one of those situations where I'm happy if he's a stream with from within guy, but if he's like my only guy, I'm uh, I'm looking elsewhere and trying to acquire for sure. Yeah, and when I said that, I I had mentioned about a streaming guy. That's how I would look at him as well. And mm-hmm. it's funny when you say Jono, I have him 
uh, Tanyan, and in a lot of leagues, I have Gazeki in in uh, oh, yeah. with those three guided guys. And then you have to kind of play who you're going to yeah, stick in. There. And honestly, out of those three, I, I'd feel more comfortable with uh, Tanyan than than uh, uh, Juno, and because he's just not getting the targets and same with Gizeki. yeah. It's yeah. so weird too because he was so awesome for a while, and then he kind of disappeared. Then he was awesome again, and then yeah. he gets you a zero this week, and it just yeah. Uh, well, he's one of those low yardage touchdown dependent guys. Yep. Um, yeah. and we were hoping he'd be more than that because he's a really good after the catch player, Johnny Smith. He's really good after the catch. Yeah. Um, but of that group, I probably would go Tunyon as well. Um, I do like Gasicki more with Fitzpatrick than I do yeah. with Tua. Um, That's what I was gonna say. This but, week, uh, with, yeah, I'm a big Gasicki guy, big Gasicki fan. So um, Fitzpatrick is good for him, but I obviously understand that Tua is the future. So kind of resetting expectations on uh, on somebody who I refer, refer to as Grease Lightning. That's what I call Mike Gasicki. Um, <laughs> They're talking down here all day today that Tua is gonna start again this weekend. That hmm. Fitz is gonna go back to the bench. That's what they're saying here, in Miami. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you might as well get the kid in there. So um, I think the future is bright for your Dolphins, Mike. um all right guys so i'm gonna get into uh a segment that is a staple on the show and that would be called i got five on it with monkey knife fight so really quick before i pull up my screen i'm just gonna say a word from our lovely sponsors here um and then we'll get into it fellas if you want the best dfs player prop games in the industry jump onto monkey knife fight monkey knife fight is sweeping the nation right now and we at true north are proud to be doing it along with them They've got games for all sports and skill levels that are sure to keep you on the edge of your seat with endless opportunity to watch your winnings pile up. With our promo code TNFF, Monkey Knife Fight will match your first deposit up to $50. So sign up now with our promo code and you can get up to $50 of free money to start making some bank. Again, that's monkeyknifefight.com and the promo code is TNFF at your first deposit to start playing today. All right, and we are back. I've got the screen paired with <laughs> Shane and I are dancing. Yeah, hey, groove, fellas, groove. That's what it's for, man. That's what it's for. Um, <laughs> I was, I always groove through the intro too. I have to get that like vibe going before I pod, you know. <laughs> we were both like dancing when you came back. I should have like took the video down so you guys were on the video <laughs> dancing, and then you just be there busting moves. That would have been, been awesome. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I have found us a prop game. Um, so one of the games that were the game that we mainly like to play here on I Got Five on it is called More or Less. Um, so pretty straightforward. And that's one of the things I like about Monkey Knife Fight is that um, it's something that you don't have to have that in-depth research knowledge of the NFL or um, these teams. You can just go find games with your favorite team and you can play like that. So it's a lot of fun and it's it's pretty simple and you don't have to do a ton of digging or you can dig a little bit, which I do like to do. Um, but we're going to dive into this one here. Um, it is a two out of two, so we got to get both correct, and it will multiply our buy-in by three. Um, so just uh, for a little context, Monkey Knife Fight, you can go up to 100 times the buy-in, um, but for that one, you have to hit eight out of eight player props. So it's been pretty it's been pretty tough to hit those, but I, I can't say that I haven't thrown down on a couple just for funsies. Um, so, <laughs> so the first guy we're looking at is Old Man Rivers. Uh, you talked Woo-hoo! about him earlier, Shane, about 
There's no way they're putting him in on a quarterback sneak. That's Jake Brisket's job. Um, but he plays the Houston Texans this week, and we're not talking about those uh, those quarterback sneaks. We're talking about passing yardage for Phillip Rivers. The line for him this week against the Texans is 286 and a half. Um, that is a very tricky one at first glance for me. Uh, Houston's defense obviously can be had more so in the run than the pass. Um, but Phillip Rivers and this Colts passing offense have been a little bit up and down too. Um, so Shane, what are you thinking on that first line of Phillip Rivers at 286 and a half? Man, just looking at his season stat line, he's only hit 286. One, two, three. People love it when you count on air four, five times. <laughs> and that's why I edited five out times. in the show. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> um, this feels like a game they should be handily ahead. It should be a lot of Jonathan Taylor, assuming he's back from uh, COVID. It's not in any minds. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under. Last. Nice. Mike, what are you thinking? I don't have all those numbers in front of me that Shane was just looking at. Um, and what's with the little red X next to his name? Uh, that is an injury symbol. So that's a, no, a I know that the medical <laughs> bag. Is, is it still his toe from last week? That, that uh, I believe it is. Yeah, I believe it is. The gout. Yeah. He's got the gout. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna go. So what? You're asking me more or less? I'll say yep. more. I'll say nice. more. I think he'll do it. I think he'll. This could be one of those kind of games where he's like slinging it down the field, and and uh, and plus Shane went less, so I want to go yeah, more. So plus, I love Priv, so yeah. you know, for me, that's awesome. Nice. I, I appreciate you making me break the tie here, Mike. I got to pick a side. Um, no, that's good. I, 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 it could go both ways, right? If you look at the Houston defense, they're giving up yeah. right around this per game like right around this. Mm. So it's a pretty sketchy one. Um, Shane, I'm sorry, but I'm going to go with Mike on this one. I think they're starting to click a little bit. T.Y. was back this week uh, or this past week, and he made a couple of plays. Michael Pittman's been looking good. Um, and I think regardless of the great Indianapolis defense, I think Houston's offense can put up some points even without Will Fuller. Um, so I'm going to have to side with Mike on this one. Uh, but let's move into the next guy, Justin Jefferson. Uh, this is one of the best producing rookie wide receivers we've seen in a few years, at least. Um, he's been fantastic in that Vikings offense. And I didn't necessarily expect this myself from him, uh, but the line on him against uh, they're at home versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, hello. Uh, <laughs> and that line is 83 and a half receiving yards. I think it's pretty clear where we're going to go with this one. Right, yes. Gentlemen? I think all three of us are going to say more. Yes. Yeah. I think <laughs> the only way he doesn't hit that is if Dalvin goes nuts in the first half and then yeah. an Alexander Madison game in the second yeah. uh, half. But yeah, I'm taking Jefferson. Dude, he should absolutely eviscerate that secondary. Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. Always got to look out. Always got to look out for those Chad BB games too, right guys? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, seven targets and OB OB Johnson. Uh, B- BC Johnson. Uh, BC Johnson had seven yeah. targets. They both had seven receptions, but mm-hmm. uh you know, Just- Justin Jefferson still had himself a nice little Oh, so good. 13 uh, targets so for 70 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so funny. He should. All right guys. Back so- in I usually call it I got five on it, but we're going to throw a 20 spot down. Um, I want to earn a little extra of that cheddar. I like this one. Um, Phil Rivers could kill us on this one, but I'm willing to risk it for the biscuit. 
Sweet. Boom. So, Yay. Look, when Phil Rivers throws for 230 and three interceptions on Sunday, I just want you to remember this moment. Oh, you're going to be in the DMs chirping, I'm sure. I was just going to say, <laughs> Shane will be out there writing something, definitely. Yeah. But when it goes the other way, we'll be t- we'll be tweeting about Priv, definitely. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's me and you on that one, Mike. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. We are all going to rejoice in the joy of Justin Jefferson, that's for sure. Okie doke. So, I don't even know where I put my show sheet on the screens here, fellas. Trend spotting. Um, if you're, <laughs> yeah, you we have a new host, start. ladies and gentlemen, and, and we're also at an hour and fifteen no. minutes into it too. Absolutely. Yeah. How are you guys doing for time? Are you guys good for just a quick, quick rip, or yeah. are you guys yeah. got a jet? Uh, we are we are notorious for going long on the True North platform, guys. I will give you that, but I won't waste any more time. We're going to get into trend spotting. We usually like to dab a couple of these into each show just to see from like a rest of season standpoint if this is something we're going to see. Uh, Kenyon Drake had the big game, well, big big ish game against um, against the New English pa- New England Patriots, and then a bigger game the week before that. Um, and the running back nine since week six. And over the past three weeks, he's been the running back six. So do you think this is kind of, let's start with you, Mike. Is this something where he's a reliable running back two on rosters for the rest of the season right now? Um, It's hard to say based on what his season has looked like. But if you look at the sum of those parts, it's actually not as bad. It's just been inconsistent. Um, What's your feeling on, on trusting Kenny Drake throughout the rest of the season? It's very strange because it goes back to what I was talking about earlier about doing multiple backs. And I don't have the numbers in front of me, but hasn't Chase been doing pretty much the same the last couple of weeks with him? Like not, the two of them are in not, the games. Not, Maybe not not, not this week, the but year. the beginning. Of no, the no, no. Last week, last week, or last week, one had 16 and one had 15. The week before um, that, I, I don't know. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Chase so, uh, Chase Edmonds had 8.3 PPR points last week, 14.9 the week before. So in week 11, they both produced against the Seahawks defense. Yeah, one had 14 and one had 16 or something. They were mm-hmm. close to each other. So yeah, uh, again, it, it's one of those kind of things where sure, I'm happy to put him into my lineup right now. I wouldn't be nervous about starting him. But also if we're going to talk about trying to get him or trade for him or trade him away, I'm not hundred percent sure. And if you want to talk about 2021, no, I don't, I don't feel comfortable saying that. Yes, he's going to be the RB one next year on that team in mm-hmm. 2021. But I think that's pretty much the answer for every one of these running backs. But for right now, if you want to talk about right now, like Shane keeps throwing that in my face, then yes, I'm perfectly happy with putting him in my lineup right now. Nice. Shane, where are you sitting on Kenyon Drake? Yeah. Um, definitely not a guy I was a fan of earlier in the season. They weren't throwing him the ball. You look at the last two weeks, um, four and five targets, um, which is what season highs for him. Five, uh, week 11, four and week 12, which really isn't a high total, but it's, it's good to see them actually using him in, in the receiving game. Cause he's a good receiver. That was part of his gig at, you know, going back to college, Alabama, when he shared the backfield with, I believe Derek Henry, I could yeah. be wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that was kind of his role. Like, you know, you get a couple carries and then he'd also hurt you in the, the receiving game. They're going to use him like that. He's going to be fine. Um, he looks a lot better since he came back, since he missed that one game. Um, I st- you know, I still wonder if he was injured coming into the season with the foot, even though, you know, it was just a precautionary boot. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I trust him. I definitely, I, you got to put him in there now. Yeah, for sure. I'm sorry. I had to laugh when you said boot because you rolled your eyes, whether you're trying to make that Canadian joke again or what. No, no, no. What's that all about? All about? <laughs> <laughs> what are you little boot to boot? I know the way your head thinks when I see your eyes. So <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. I'm trusting Kenyon Drake. Um, contrary to you, Shane, I actually loved him coming into the season, and then he disappointed me a little bit. But I think he's kind of shown that he might not necessarily need all that passing work um, because he's getting a ton of red zone carries, which is pretty lucrative in this offense, right? And uh, I, I think he can produce those running back two numbers without getting all the receiving work chase Edmonds is like top five and or top 10 in running back targets sorry but um yeah hopefully they can siphon a little bit more to that of that to Kenyon drake and then we'll see that upside go up a little bit um but yeah nine targets like you said in the last two shane 11 targets in every game previous to that on the season so that's a that's a decent sign going into fantasy playoffs man Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and last but not least, I was um, gonna say you can tell it's getting there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Latavius Murray. Uh, we can we uh, can go quick on this one. You touched on the Saints situation earlier, Mike. Um, so we won't uh, we won't agonize through Latavius Murray for too <laughs> long here. Um, but he did have that monster week against the Broncos with the two touchdowns and the big running total. Um, but it was directly to the detriment of Alvin Kamara, which is brutal. Um, in my notes here under this question, I've got, I fucking hate this conversation. Um, yes, I do <laughs> so, too. I yeah, hate it too. Yeah. So do you think like, I think obviously we're worried about, we're worried about Alvin Kamara. We hate Taysom Hill. Um, do we, do we trust uh, Latavius Murray as like a flex right now? Trust is a strong word. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that I've stuck in the flex options a bunch of times this year, and it's always seemed to be the wrong week. Um, I, I have literally no idea at this point. Yeah. It, it's going to be as good as your options because I, I can't imagine we go three straight weeks where Taysom Hill just ignores Alvin Kamara, right? Like, they, they can't happen again, can it? I mean, I, I hope can. not. I mean, I it can so. in theory, but I think that's one of the seven signs of the apocalypse. <laughs> You know, Jeremy pointed it out last week on the show for me. I've been tweeting every week almost how much I dislike Taysom Hill. And that was before he became the starter, you know, mm -hmm. because for me, it's Kamara all day, every day. I have Latavius on most of the rosters that I have Kamara. And mm -hmm. and I actually put Latavius in as my flex in, in a few leagues this week with Kamara starting as my running back nice. based on what this, has happened there with Taysom. Mm -hmm. When you say, do you think it can happen a third week in a row? I didn't think it could happen a second week. I didn't really think it would happen the first week, you know, right. but after seeing what happened again this week, I think that you could maybe on week three, you could be confident in sticking him in as a flex. I wouldn't want to stick him in as your RB one or RB two, but mm -hmm. the way they're playing it. And we've all had scratching our heads all year of why Taysom Hill's in there in the first place. You know, even this week, Taysom Hill ran into rushing touchdowns yes but he only threw for 78 yards yeah. as a quarterback he threw for 78 fucking yards you know mm -hmm. but latavius murray fucking scored twice as well and kamara got a seven for all these people that have had kamara like me all year he got yeah. seven freaking points so it's very 
disturbing the trend that can happen. But I think as of right now, if you're talking about it, I would be comfortable putting Latavius in as a flex until something changes because it doesn't look like it's going to change. That's where I'm at too. I just think it's clear that it's going to be run heavy when it's run heavy. He's somebody that they like banging it in between the twenties. The guys actually got only five fewer red zone carries than Alvin Kamara. So brutal. Alvin Kamara is dominating that inside the five. So that's good. Um, but I mean, it's just a messy, messy situation. Like I got a nine and I'm in Bob Lung's Kings classic, which is a wicked league. And I have a nine and two team that's been carried by Alvin Kamara, um, that just went to nine and three and it may get worse. So uh, I really hope that script flips. Um, I was hoping it was going to be Jameis the whole time, but damn it. Me too. Um, (laughs) yeah. If you listen to our show the week that it happened, we actually did a live trade where I traded away Taysom Hill for Chase Edmonds because on the show, because we were all thinking that it was going to be, uh, Jameis is the starter. And, uh, That did not work out for me. No, no, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta take the swings, right? Exactly. Um, Cool guys. Well, I think, uh, I think that wraps it up pretty nicely. Um, I really, really, really appreciate you guys coming on. This was a blast. I had a great time. Um, Shane, why don't you let the people know where to find you and uh, what kind of stuff you're working on these days? Oh, no. Thanks for having us on. First of all, Um, no problem. first time to Canada. So that was exciting. (laughs) Uh, you made it across the border. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a Quebecer now. That's, that's rare these days. <laughs> hey, Sam. How's it going, Sam? He checked in like an hour ago. I'm just saying that. <laughs> um, <laughs> what am I doing? I uh, oh, I do the Dynasty Trades HQ podcast with uh, Michael here and uh, Jeremy Brown. Uh, I do the Mannequin Chill. What do you call that? YouTube thing uh for dynasty league football youtube channel um i don't it's, it's I, yeah i don't know how to describe it it's like well it's a youtube show on a channel but whatever just go like it and tell people tell dlf that it's your favorite show i don't care if it's true or not just yeah. tell them that yeah and then uh, i write for dlf and i write for our patrons um waiver wire articles and obviously we do our patron stuff for our patrons because we like our patrons better than our non-patrons our <laughs> hq crew um and other than that you know just randomly tweeting out whatever (laughs) popped in my head (laughs) i love that about you shane i absolutely love that about you um mike where can they find you and uh in your work the funniest thing about shane too though when he says randomly tweeting also if you're in a dm chat with him you'll have him in there and then you won't have him in there because he'll do some stuff and then he'll just leave and then (laughs) it's like and he has no rhyme or reason for doing it he just takes off you know Uh, (laughs) but uh you can find me on uh twitter at ff blitz and obviously doing dynasty trades hq and like shane says with our patreons which we just rebranded them as our hq crew and uh, we have a lot of fun doing that. And I do some other things too that, uh, you know, I don't need to mention here. But one of the things when he said about Canada, I came out to Canada. Where are you in Canada? I'm in Victoria, British Columbia. So I'm on the West Coast on a little island. And I'm actually below the 49th parallel, um, like just just northwest of like Seattle, Tacoma area. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because he's because he. <laughs> said he'd never been there i actually got to go last year for the first time i went to toronto nice. uh, for a comic convention with my brother because i travel with him when the world is not crazy covid yeah. but 
I, I really loved Canada. It was it was a lot of fun when we went. Glad Your money is awesome. That that <laughs> like flexible type of money thing that you can wash. It's great. Yeah, in but, texture, not in value. No. Yeah, <laughs> but it's awesome. But yeah, thank you for having us. We have a lot yeah. of fun. We have a lot of fun on our show, Dynasty Trades HQ, between me and Shane and Jeremy. And uh, you know, we're sorry Jeremy couldn't join us tonight, but. Uh, uh, doing this was a lot of fun. So thank you very much for yeah. having us. I appreciate it guys. It was good to have you on and I'm looking forward to the next time. Um, just really quick before I ride out here, I just want to mention that we do have a wicked promotion going with our merch supplier, Viridian global, big shout out to Will and Mark at the team. Um, we designed some holiday sweaters, gentlemen. Um, they're oh, really, awesome. really nice. Dan made graphics, did the design. I actually know I, he, I believe he did your guys logo as well. Dan is awesome. All of our work, and he is yeah. the man. I and love Dan. Him. Also, uh, he he was one of the collaborators on my chest tattoo. Nice. Oh, I love did that. he really? That's Very awesome, cool, man. Very. Cool. I, I didn't realize he did your tattoo. Yeah, I sent, uh, I, I sent him an idea. He sent me back a picture. Took it to the artist. We, you know, changed a couple things because we're like, "Well, I'm a human, so let's let's do this." <laughs> yeah. No, man, Dan, and Dan turned around and that shit was kick-ass. But anyway, so yeah, Dan's yeah. awesome. So if you don't yeah. follow, use him, you should. Yeah, He totally. did this amazing, even the, the best thing, I love the football that looks like a smile. That was like so perfect for us. He's just so like, Dan's, Dan's amazing. I uh, I don't even like tell him what I think as far as vision or design anymore. I say, hey, I'm looking for this. And he just puts it out. It's incredible. I just said, hey, Dan, what do you think about uh, True North Holiday Sweater? boom he says how's this look it's perfect um, so awesome. those those are over at viridian global and we we actually teamed up with our friends at goat district and viridian um so we love all of them and what we're doing is we're donating all of the profits for every single holiday sweater sale to the salvation army so we just kind of oh, wanted cool. to give back for the holidays um it was actually jd from goat district's idea so shout out to him uh and dan over at the goat district pod um and additional to that if you add another viridian goat district or true north item they're going to toss free shipping on top of that. So um, if you want to go pick up some gear, you can look fresh for the holidays as well as give back. So thank you to Shane. Thank you to Mike. I appreciate it. Jeremy, we'll get you on next time, my man. Um, awesome. You can find me at TCO14. And until next week, hope you guys have a good one. Peace. Well, what's this old boot? <laughs> <laughs>